It's a Tuesday update time from the Northwest Minnesota Arts Council on Pioneer Radio, KSRQ. Back after a short break for the Christmas and New Year's holiday. And on the phone today with Brandon LaPlante. Hello, Brandon. Hello. Happy New Year to you. As to you. Yeah, nice to say goodbye to 2020 and a brand new start. Now, Brandon received a grant from the Arts Council. We'll talk about that in just a bit. Tell me about you, Brandon, where you grew up and uh, education, that kind of thing. Okay, yeah, thanks for asking that. Um, I was born in Crookston, Minnesota in 1984 um, and grew up there um, just all around the you know upper Minnesota area. area. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lot of outdoor stuff and was always creative with my hands and making a mess, making noise and <laughs> learning how to be creative. Um, and my mom, my mom was always really supportive of that because she was an artist um, hmm. so growing up. And okay. so, and my, my mom's family uh, owned Luckin Auto out in Winger. So they always have so much scrap stuff coming in and out. And my family always, we're always kind of scavengers. They've found stuff that was being thrown out mm-hmm. and found yeah. a new way to turn it into something magic for them. Um, like the whole trash is treasure idea. Sure, sure. Um, so that was kind of, I grew up in a very do it yourself kind of, um, find something that isn't being used and make it into something that you can utilize rather than just buy something new type yeah, of an idea. Yeah. Reinventing. Um, right? Yeah. Yeah, reinventing and reusing and mm-hmm. upcycling type stuff. And so I grew up in Crookston and was very active, kind of sporty kid. Um, not really the team sport like football, baseball, but more like um, skateboarding, taekwondo, climbing type, snowboarding type stuff. Um, and I didn't really get into the study of art uh, until you know, a little bit later on in, in high school, I mm-hmm. was always just drawing and make, making music and stuff when I was a kid, um, just, just for my, the sake of enjoyment. And then in high school, um, I got kind of geared more towards the study of it. And Mr. Stegman was really kind of, uh, a big influence on me moving towards deciding to, rather than just be an artist for my own sake, but take it more to a professional level. So um, I graduated high school in Crookston uh, in 2002, and I moved directly from there to Moorhead, Minnesota, to go to school at Minnesota State uh, University, Moorhead. Mm -hmm. And I got a degree in drawing with an emphasis of uh, classical figure, human Mm -hmm. figure drawing, in 2007. Um, Wonderful. And there, of course, in high school, I did ceramics and all sorts of different things with the woodworking. Um, but in college, my emphasis was in a very classical style. So there was no real computer work or anything like that. It was all just straight up pencil, paint, graphite, and all sorts of stuff. And mm-hmm. um, kind of in the middle of my degree, I had to take a couple 3D courses. So I started taking sculpture and that really kind of changed the direction of my uh my creativity um from just 2D 
to more of a sculptural 3D thing. Okay. And I also intentionally went to college in Moorhead to start a band because I'd always been musical but never had anyone to play with. So oh. um, I started a, a band straight away when I got to college. And then um, after graduating with my degree in 07, um, I got a BA in drawing with the emphasis of figure drawing. Um, and I started touring playing music about 2005. But um, in 2007, when I graduated, the day I was supposed to walk for my graduation, my right. band left on a two-month United States tour. Oh um, and I've been traveling, making art and music and sculpture and furniture pretty much <laughs> constantly wow. since 2007. Okay. Uh, so far, I've now been, been creative in some form, either making or performing art or music in uh, 48 states and 27 countries Wow! so far. Mm. So yeah, it, the uh, creative exploration and expression has taken me far and wide. Now, I've got to ask you what the band name is or was. Uh, well, I've been in quite a few. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right. Um, but the, the main one that, uh, is the most known and, um, I've released most music with, we were called sleeping in Gethsemane. Okay. Um, we All were right. a three-piece instrumental progressive rock band. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Um, we played a lot of all over the world, and played a couple times in at the Crookston Battle of the Bands. I brought yeah. it back to my hometown, and that was pretty fun for Oxcart days, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. We won one of the one year we won, which was kind of fun to go back in hometown mm -hmm. and play music that is very different from <laughs> what people around there listen to. Right, right. Yeah, my guest is Brandon LaPlante, Crookston native, and I'll blow your socks off here. I was born and raised in Crookston. I went to school with Mark LaPlante. Oh, yeah. my question is, which Mark LaPlante? And common spelling, right, M-A-R-K? My dad's name is M-A-R-C. He was the only one that was spelled M-A-R-C. Oh, okay, my Mark was M-A-R-K. Yeah. Yeah. Different guy. Different guy. And I know Francis LaPlante. Yeah. You know Francis, right? I do not. You don't know Francis. Okay, Francis nope. would be a brother to Mark, a large family that had a farm between mm. Crookston and Fisher a long time ago. Well, that, I know there's a lot of LaPlantes <laughs> in our lot. area, but yeah. it's, it's super yeah. strange to me that my family says we're not directly related to them. I'm like, huh. I don't think that's how genealogy <laughs> works. I'm pretty sure if we have the same last name, we're somewhat related. Yeah, same spelling. Well, what a great story. Now, let's talk about the uh, Northwest Minnesota Arts Council, how they've helped you. A big project is uh, in the works. Well, tell me about that. Well, due to our current times, um, the, the world of COVID, I ended up kind of losing my autonomy as an artist mm -hmm. um, because I, you know, everything shut down and I've depended on kind of state-run or privately-run collaborative studio spaces mm -hmm. my entire adult life right. because because of my nomadic nature with touring as a musician, I was gone from the town I lived in probably four to six months every year because mm -hmm. we toured so often. Right. So what I ended up doing was I would just rent a small studio space from 
you name it. I mean, I was in all of those collaborative studios at one point in time because they would allow me to do a six-month lease or whatever. And on top of that, since I got into sculpture at Moorhead State, I was very close friends with the shop master there, Ken Brown, and he was able to, you know, allow the alumni to come back in and continue their practice at the shop space, which had a woodworking space, a metalworking space. Mm. Um, you could even um, forge stuff there because they had a metal forge. They had an atrium. They have like a paint sprayer. Like they just had everything a sculptor would want right. and would have an impossible time investing in the half a million dollars that all their tools equal out to exactly. and then having enough money to rent and power and heat the space. So mm -hmm. I was very, very lucky to have that for so long. Well, 2020 comes around and that all just fell apart because MSUM state run, they shut down completely. Um, Ken ended up retiring. And so that alumni thing is no really no longer really a thing there because Ken was the one being able to oversee it, make sure that it was safe. Mm -hmm. And without that, the just a kind of infrastructure of how that's all set up, they don't want to take on the um, just the legal. I don't really know how to say that. The liability right now. of Not, it. Yeah. Well, there's the word I yeah. was looking for. Liability. Yeah. Um, so that and I ended up having to, you know, move out of my space that I was living in because I hadn't had work in so long. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a studio space anymore. I didn't have a shop space anymore. And I didn't have my job. So all those things combined, I ended up having to move back to Crookston and, you know, help out as much as I could as a, a way of saying thanks for having a place to live for a while. Right. Um, but with that, I don't have a space to make any art. Mm -hmm. I just do not have anywhere to make work. So I found out that the Northwest Minnesota Arts Council was putting out an art grant at the moment. So I thought I would pitch my idea, which is a little strange because most artists are a little bit more, um, you know, secure in their area. Uh, and I'm so kind of fleeting and traveling here, traveling there to do different work. And that's just the nature of how I do stuff. Yes. So I pitched to them my project of um, buying buying a shuttle bus that has been decommissioned after it's lived its life in the the world of, uh, you know, use at any one of the transit authorities. And after a certain amount of time, they have to decommission it due to federal regulations. And mm -hmm. so I was going to, I'm going to buy one of their smaller, you know, transit shuttle buses, okay. gut it, insulate it, and turn it into a, a live-in, work-in art and music studio. Wow. So that I can have a place to live and a place to make work sure. that I'm not... It's kind of like disaster-proofing my practice mm -hmm. is the idea because mm -hmm. I own it yep. and I am never going to be shut out of my studio again because of regulations or anything right so it's more so an investment in my future of being able to do my work whenever and wherever i'm at well that's a great story yeah. and it's so nice to have that kind of support from the arts council and uh, if you would walk us through the process of application how 
How was that done? Okay, yeah. Um, well, I heard from a, a high school friend that there was an, a grant being offered that um, was available, and it was kind of, I heard about it a little bit last minute, and I'm not so I'm not so well geared towards uh, paperwork and mm-hmm. computer work and just all of that stuff. Kind of, then not kind of. It it really gives me a lot of anxiety, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I kind of I've had a long time dealing with certain parts of our societal expectations of being able to do paperwork and do the the busy work of business that really kind of exasperates things for me Mm -hmm. and I I don't do well so I kind of avoid them I've never really applied for a grant before because it stresses me out to the max Um, so that being known my friend who told me about this um, is also someone who's a specialist in kind of people who have special needs Um, Mm -hmm. so she uh, helped me talk to the Arts Council saying that I was having um, a bit of struggle and anxiety with the application process just because my mind doesn't think about define yourself in this box define your project in this box tell us this with a budget I just I I don't think that way Mm -hmm. I'm much more flowy abstract creative about well I have an idea of what I think I want to do, right. but it'll probably be way different when it's done. <laughs> Let's see how it goes. Let's play with the process. You know, uh, I always like to say my life and my work isn't a work in progress. It's a play in process. There it's, you go. It's yeah. Much more of a yeah. artistic mindset. I should probably coin that phrase, but <laughs> you could copyright that. Yeah. No, I know what you're saying, Brandon, because I'm very right brain. Okay. Very creative yeah. that way, right? The left brain, the yeah. technical, the mechanical, nah, not so much. Very right brain. So yeah, I, well, I do hear you. Yeah. Yeah, well, the lovely part about that is that's kind of one of the reasons why I've never really depended on the greater arts um, organizations to help me mm-hmm. in my work right. and kind of further my career because it's just it's stifling for a lot of artists to have to go through the processes that are required to get funding um, just because the state and the federal regulations that are forced upon those organizations to be, you know, legal and tax purposes and having a paper trail Mm -hmm. that stresses out so many artists to, it's not just me. It's, it's very much so the, the, creative brain people. So I've just avoided it. But luckily this time around, I had a good support system and they contacted the Arts Council and they're very, the Northwest Minnesota Arts Council has been very much so my favorite place to work with when it comes to an arts organization because Mara was, who is the director, I believe, um, uh, actually set up a, a video chat meeting with me and we walked through the whole application together and she helped me put it together and write it up and get it done. So I was very appreciative of that help. It's amazing how some things can be intimidating. And I know that the arts council is so user friendly 
and that's a good term for it. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. In the short time we have left, describe your studio project. Uh, where will it be in your in your uh, in your space? Then you're going to have living accommodations. Obviously, there will be enough room for that for you. So I'm a very minimalist person. Okay. <laughs> uh, I uh, grew okay. up not not so much a minimalist because. You know, the previous generations had a different idea of home and stuff. And the best way to describe it is starting my musical career and touring around the world in a van with a, like a multiple other guys. Uh-huh. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you get used to living in a pretty tight, cramped sure, space. Sure. Um, and one of the first tours we went on, we toured with a band who had an entire full-size school bus converted to live in and travel in and they had bunk beds and a kitchen and i'd been dreaming about that since 2005 Mm. uh when we first did the tour and it's always something that made me feel okay i could gut a bus that's you know got a couple hundred square feet in it not a lot and turn it into a, a modular living space very well because of my furniture design and my sculpture uh, in my minimalism, I can pretty much take that small little cube space and turn it into everything I need very easily. Um, and I'll have, you know, my instruments and my drafting table in there. And the idea overall is I'll spend close to fifteen to twenty thousand dollars in the whole project. I'll gut the bus, turn it into the living space, mm-hmm. and kind of like the design space and then i'll also buy a pull behind enclosed trailer that will have all of my tools for my sculpture so that's that's like the finish is like okay i'm gonna have all of my woodworking tools my welding tools Mm -hmm. and my more sculptural stone working tools in the trailer and then the interior of the bus is going to be okay let's surmise and think about the project and then when i have the rest of the money come in as i build this project over the next year I will have like everything I need to like pull up to a space, open up my trailer, yep. put up my big tent, and then put all my work mm-hmm. tools in there, and then make sculpture wherever I go, or make paintings, or drawings, or yeah. music, or murals, whatever. <laughs> what a great story! It is uh, really a joy to talk to you, Brandon and Kristen Egerling at the Arts Council. Lines up my guests, and she does a great job on that. And she mentioned that when you have your project finished, we'll have you back on the air. Okay. Oh, that would be lovely. Yeah, we'll talk about how it turned out and your plans beyond that point. And uh, I want to thank you again for joining me, Brandon LaPlante. What a great story. You sound like you have uh, you. focus, you have uh, a plan, Stan, and that's all good. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Okay, stay healthy, Brandon. We'll talk again, okay? You too. Happy 2021. You betcha. A good year ahead. Brandon LaPlante, Crookston native on Pioneer 90.1.